focus. That's not something that I often relate to you and I. <laughs> but I'll put my yeah, exactly. It's not a skill we have, right? Yeah. To focus mode. Um, yeah. Oh no, I should have my phone over. All right. Yeah, I'm good to go. Whenever. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast, a week behind due to uh, various, uh, I don't know, chemtrails, uh, cloud cedars uh who else who else is doing this stuff uh, no, uh, we got... obviously this was an issue with the bible and you needed to get on his ark because you were of course last week when we spoke you were flooded in yep that's right yeah i was flooded in although we did get rain again the last couple of days uh but not quite as miserable as the last time um so yeah, we can't seem we can't seem to catch a break here on on the beer engine pod. We're either falling ill with with code, you know, evil pandemic, or we're uh, uh, stuck uh, inside due to biblical flooding. So I I feel like we're pretty much one way or the other. We are being smoten, smitten, smited by uh, a force above. But they'll never stop us from telling the truth. That's what we've always said. Whether yep. it's the Epoch Times, various other um, uh, over, like uh, uh, overpowering enemies, the Epoch Times, God, uh, Trump, uh, who Elon else? Musk, um, Elon Musk, uh, the Chicago Bulls. Yep, Bill um, Simmons. Bill. Uh, yep. No. Yeah, he hates us. Um, Dave Portnoy. And hey, even the. Even even the NFL can't yep. stop us this week, where they are sucking the bandwidth out of the uh, the city of Las Vegas right now. Uh, the Super Bowl, of course, is here. I, I feel like he, I'm not sure. Did Brian mention that the Super Bowl was happening in Vegas at all during the show? It, it might have been one word, but it was it was a very very passing reference. I I I, I think you might be right. I think he might have forgotten to mention that it was it's, in taking place in his hometown. I mean, on a with an open uh, road, which won't be happening anytime soon. It's about a. It's probably about a twelve-minute drive from from where Brian lives, if <laughs> if that, uh, from door to door to Allegiant Stadium. Oh, that's um, funny. Yeah, but it does show <laughs> yeah. with an event like that. Um, and I suppose it's the same for all like major sporting events, unless you've got a ticket to go. Like, how does it change your everyday life, other than? Traffic's a mess, and well, that's really. Yeah, I mean, unless you've got a restaurant reservation, but Vegas is kind of always going through that. Yeah, I'm not really worried about going to the strip for a restaurant reservation. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I don't think it will. I, I, I will find out. I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go downtown, not the strip. I'm supposed to go to the Arts District Saturday. Now, do I think the NFL crowd is also crowding into the Silver Stamp? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say probably no. I, I'm going to go with no. I don't believe so. Um, I think I should have no trouble uh, going and spending time over there, but uh, we'll, we'll find out how just how awful it is. 
I haven't noticed anything particularly different yet. Uh, according to our, we have a friend who works at the Venetian that said that um, for some reason he noticed all the strip club parking lots were full at 6 p.m. on a Monday. <laughs> Gee, he's I wonder like, that's, why. That's, that's odd. Um, he, he was theorizing that it wasn't just people like li- literally landed in Vegas and immediately went to the strip club. Um, he presumed that maybe they were using some of it for overflow parking for some stuff. Um, but oh, I, I, don't I, I don't know. If I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I wonder if either my my theory was either people are getting here and immediately going there, or the local pervs have to get in their visit before shit gets crazy. That was my other theory. I had yeah, or maybe because they're like going to have an overflow of clientele over Super Bowl weekend. Perhaps it's the workers getting in and getting like all their independent contracts and shit signed. Is it, they're going to be like that could be it to too. The, full to the brim. Yeah, they're gonna. I mean, they're obviously probably, you know, especially t- starting tonight. I would guess they're maxing out, you know, max amount on the floor, you yep. know, etc. Yeah, that's probably that's probably a good point, Tony. Um, well, I, I'm not participating in any Super Bowl events until somebody uh, alerts me differently. I would, if anyone's if anyone wants me to go to the game, <laughs> uh, you will be. Somebody's gonna have to donate a lot more money than than we've uh, than we've got we we've ever gotten ever. Yes. The, um, donation. I think the current cheapest ticket uh, to the Super Bowl is right now. We're looking at like eighty eight hundred bucks or something. Was the last time I checked. Let's let's give it a quick once over here on StubHub. You know, six. You know what? It's down to about six thousand. You can get in the you can get in the door around six k US uh, if you really want to. If you really want to get in there, uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass really i think yeah well on on you know what again if somebody if somebody were to come if, if a generous benefactor was like hey, griff i've got two tickets for you my friend uh, or even one or even anything i would i would certainly consider it but um i don't know anybody that lucky i don't think or or fortunate no um now it'll be happening i know it's a very different situation you're at a permanent venue um, but it is a big week. How does this compare to? I suppose you weren't there when the Grand Prix was in town because you were in Australia. I wasn't. I was. I was there where you are. Yeah. yeah. But how how was the lead up? Because you were in Vegas for the lead up to the Grand Prix. There was a lot more construction and stuff. Is is there an inconvenience yeah. to the fans, or it, because it's it a purpose built stadium, it doesn't affect the locals? Like it was funny. The Grand Prix. They were in a rush. They were in a rush to get rid of all the stuff from then. So that was yep. the big rush, was getting rid of all the grandstands. They were still taking some down as recently as a couple of weeks ago, um, which is which has been, you know, a real treat. But the uh, – no, nothing. You know, I, we were on this – we had to pop into this trip on Monday to have dinner with some friends um, at Carbone, which unfortunately my review of Carbone is – it was pretty fucking mediocre, I would say. But um, the uh, – you know, the traffic on the strip was fucked up, but I think that was just normal construction. Shit was down to one lane going across um, Harmon for some reason, which blues. Yep. But um, I uh, uh, I didn't notice anything uniquely annoying. Some of the stuff, like you could see the uh, over the bridges, like the pedestrian bridges had been covered with the Super Bowl logo or whatever and other shit like that, but nothing, um, nothing beyond, nothing beyond that, no. There you go. Um, how long do you think 
um, now that Las Vegas has a genuine stadium, it will um, sort of maintain its its status in the upper echelon of, say, a Miami. Um, San Diego was always a, a venue for stuff like the Super Bowl. Do you think it'll um, maintain its um, ability to to gather those big events because of its ability to house people with accommodation and restaurants and the like? I don't know. We'll see. People are already people are already getting mad about um, Joe Buck and all these uh, fucking st- walking stiffs are um, already complaining that oh something's gonna go wrong in Vegas. They're gonna you know someone's gonna make a big mistake there and they're gonna get in trouble and it's gonna be a black guy in the NFL. I'm like, didn't Ray Lewis already happen? Didn't Eugene yeah. Robinson happen in New Orleans? I mean, what? This shit happens everywhere. If if you want to make it, if you want to make it because it's Vegas, I mean, you're gonna have to find a u- very uniquely Vegas thing to do. You could go play roulette in New Orleans. You know, there's casinos there. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can fuck around in any of these places. Um, the teams are staying out in Lake Las Vegas, which is like the dullest place on earth. Um, so they shouldn't shouldn't have to worry about too much. Um, I don't I don't know what they think's gonna happen, but um. I, I would say if, if I were replanning this shit, yeah, I mean, not that I want this to happen here all the time because it's, it's a little bit of a pain, but, yeah, I would say New Orleans, Miami, Vegas, and Phoenix, you just run it there. Yeah. Why are we having a Super Bowl in Chicago or Detroit or Indianapolis? Like, that's such a fucking <laughs> shitty place to have to have your Super Bowl. It's so miserable. Yeah, and um, like, when you, you think about it, some of those are covered stadiums, so not such a big deal for the game itself, but when you look at all the auxiliary um, activities around it, even just like going to a bar is like Indianapolis. I can't, I can't piece together what anyone did for that long, but sure. Uh, They did it in New York city. I mean, New York city is great, but it's fucking freezing cold Yep. in February. It's miserable. Uh, I just, I, I would just say you, you either pick a spot for it or you, it's just like, um, you know, Aussie rules, they play the final in the same stadium every yep. year. Um, I'm not saying you even have to do that, but just rotate it between four warm weather stadiums. Nobody wants to see uh, the two best teams go at it in the fucking fog bowl or something. You know, it's it's not really yeah that entertaining to watch these days. Well, it's no different to soccer is a good ex- example. Well, like English soccer anyway. The FA Cup right. always takes place at Wembley. It's not... Um, at, at random locations. Um, I know other events take place at random stadiums, but the big moments take take place at um, not only venues but towns and cities that can actually um, consistently deal with that sort of volume of activity. And it's not just traffic. Uh, the, the amount of corporate hospitality and things like that, that's what Vegas yeah. and the other places that you mentioned are primed for because they do it oh, yeah. all the time. Big open spaces where people can like funnel to and things they can go to, right? And putting on little events. Like, so for example, Tony, I wanted to show you that uh, one of my favorite events that's coming up for Super Bowl is Guy's Flavor Town Tailgate, Ooh, I did uh, which is going to be day. happening. I think, I think this is happening outside the in Link Plaza there, um, and uh, you're going to have Dip Diplo Diplo yep. presents Thomas Wesley. I don't know what that means. 
You got Dustin Lynch and Flavor Flav are putting on the show here for, for Guy. He's going to have, this it was my favorite part of it, the King's Hawaiian Sliders Sunday Showdown, uh, <laughs> where the, the two pictures of the competitors is the world's nerdiest pic, like Eli Manning's fucking Ole Miss picture, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and where he'll be making the pretzel slider, which who knows what that even means really. And uh, he'll be taking on Guy's Bacon Mac and Cheese Slider. And Guy has got his bleached out hair. He's talking into a microphone with a cigar hanging out of his fingers. He looks... Uh, this looks like what they put on the screen before the Washington Generals play the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> they put like a little dorky white guy and then the most bombastic dude... Uh, so you know Eli's slider is going to taste like shit. It's going to be a dry-ass really? pretzel on it. Pre- what does pretzel slider mean? It just means a, a, a slider on a pretzel bun. Don't overthink it. Um, You're probably right, and it, but it's terribly terrible name. Yeah, but do you think Eli is going to have much to do with this? He's, he's going to rehearse cooking it on stage, no doubt, if that's how they're going to do it. But there's going to be some other chef. Um, putting the flavors together for him, but I yeah, love, I don't think you like. Yeah, right. I love the Guy Fieri pick. That is clearly taken at a, a hot fu- summer festival where Guy oh, yeah. has been drinking all day and <laughs> and just about yeah. to load oh, yeah. a, a stogie. And yeah, he looks super sweaty. He looks extremely sweaty and probably smells bad in this picture. But shout out to him. He looks like he's having a good time. Now, now, we got Guy Fieri custom recipes here I want to throw out. Um, he's going to have some primetime American Kobe cheeseburgers. Now, okay. He's going to have chicken guy tenders with sauce slinger sauce bar. I don't know why he has to say sauce slinger. <laughs> sauce slinger sauce bar. Because it's Guy Fieri. The guys, the guy's primetime shaved prime rib sandwich. I mean, I'm into that. Like, I don't know if it's good or not, but I'm into it. This was my favorite one. The Cash App Trash Can Nachos. Why are the Trash Can Nachos sponsored by Cash App? I don't understand. Tailgate fans that have used their Cash App card at the tailgate will be able to show their receipt. Ugh. To redeem a free order of guys' trash can nachos presented by Cash App. So that's some real interesting language right there. We've got some of Vegas's best cuisine, um, which are a number of places other than Antidote I haven't heard of. And supposedly we'll have more. Um, I, I believe Stay Tuned Burgers is going to be there, and that place is great, but um, they aren't on here yet. Naked Sea Pizza is good. Fat Choy is good. But um, I just think this is going to be so going to be so good. Now um, we know you like a VIP food experience. Are you going to pull the trigger on a VIP experience uh, for a taste of Flavor Town or uh, to be part of a guy's VIP clubhouse? Well, it's four hundred and fifty dollars, Tony, for a VIP ticket. You get VIP access uh, for five hours. I mean, that's still like after the, the game will have started by then, I believe. Yep. 3.30 p.m. Um, all right, you're getting 
Oh, complimentary dining in the VIP clubhouse, including guy curated. How many times do you think it says guy in here? <laughs> guy's VIP clubhouse with guy curated menu items, including guy's awesome pretzel with super melty cheese and mustard bar, chicken guy tenders with sauce finger <laughs> sauce bar, blah, 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 blah. Motley Q barbecue with guy's bourbon barbecue sauce, guy's nacharama, and more. The guys know, the guy knows, this guy knows guy branding. Um, you get VIP open bar, you get your own entrance, you get your own bathrooms, you get main stage views to watch Flavor Flav. You get to be in the shade. It's going to be about 53 degrees. Thank God you're going to get in that shade. And, uh, oh God. Yeah, you get to, I mean, that's, what's the cheapest ticket? Guaranteed entry ticket, $50. Yep. I, I'd bump it up to the $120 ticket. I think that's well worth it. Nah, I think I'm, you know what, I, I think I may be passing on this oh. one, uh, not because I don't, if I were, if I were feeling bold enough to go to the strip on Super Bowl Sunday with the Super Bowl going on there, uh, maybe I would consider it, but alas, it's going to be quite busy. So I've decided uh, that I will hold off this year. You know, a guy next year, bring it here while they're in New Orleans for the game, and maybe I'll think about it. Fair enough. That's now, I, say. I have checked out what um, Diplo Presents Thomas Wesley is, and that is an offshoot um, from the American DJ and rapper. Uh, it's just an offshoot of himself. He, yeah. It's, a, and it's, like the sh- it's like the shared brewing of Side Project. It's the same guy. Well, it's it's like um, if you're producing two different styles, like because he's like a DJ and rapper, and this is country pop, trap, and EDM. That's the genre that uh, the Thomas Wesley um, Diplo presents. Thomas Wesley is in, which is weird. If you're going to go with like a fake name, like Garth Brooks did with oh, what was his fake name? Oh, what was his name? Uh, Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. I pulled that out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Paul, Paul McCartney was the fireman at one stage. And sure. Go with a completely different name and don't just put like Paul McCartney is the fireman or presents the fireman or, or Garth Brooks presents Chris Gaines. No, go the whole hog and see if you can actually sell without your people knowing who you are. Hell Yeah. I agree. And if Guy Fieri were to become like, what if Guy Fieri did a soft brand? What would he be called? Guy what if we had like Guy a, Fieri? I think knowing Guy. <laughs> That's true. Guy presents Guy Fieri by Guy Fieri. Yep. Uh, with yeah, that's a good point. Um, boy, speaking of food, Tony, I uh, I did go out. I did go out to dinner last week, and. Um, I have an interesting story about this dinner that I went to, and I will not be divulging any names, but it was a fascinating experience I had. Now, um, yes. we went to a restaurant called Kaiseki Yuzu, which I would like to say just up front, uh, awesome. Uh, if you aren't familiar with the Kaiseki menu, it's sort of a traditional um, Japanese menu. It has sort of specific courses that are supposed to be served, but the yep. types of items you can serve within each one are different, right? So they can kind of prepare them in different ways, but... Sort of the idea of each course is sort of a got a traditional aspect to it. There's always some sushi and sashimi in, uh, as part of it, and then um, there's often some you know high end beef and other stuff. It was great. 
highly recommend. It's in a strip yeah. mall next to like an auto body shop in Perfect. Chinatown. Classic, it's wonderful. Classic yeah. Vegas. Classic Vegas, yeah. So we uh, we go over there. Uh, we pick up the folks we were going with, and um, uh, uh, we're, we're we're driving over, and uh, unfortunately, the um, you know it, it turns out the one of the folks, is, one of the people with us, is is appears to be coming down ill in the short drive from Ooh. the strip to. So they're uh, they're sort of leaning over in the car. I'm sort of anxiously looking back, like, okay, are they gonna? I mean, this is a. I've only had this car a little bit. Is somebody about to hork in my car? Am I driving worse than usual? Am I? I know it's bumpy on these on like Wind Boulevard pulling up to uh, Spring Mountain. Is it? And I, then I just hear them whisper, and uh, person's like, "I have. Uh, they have to go home. We're going to get them an Uber, and, and they're going to go home." I'm like, "All right, all right, all right, all right, fine." And um, it, it unfortunately turned out that they had drank a couple of the. You know what? Vegas gets the best of all of us. They did take down two of the big margs. Oh, during no. the day. <laughs> I was going to I, ask, I would, are they inebriated? But I didn't want to sink your battleship right there. Um, I, yeah. I, and I would like to present a concept for Vegas strip vendors. I, I, like I know that we are, we're always caught up with carding people who are um, making sure that they, you know, are of the appropriate age for drinking in, in the U.S. That's 21. In Australia, that's 18. I'm sure there's quite strict rules if you're somebody who serves a drink to somebody under 18 that you will get in trouble for oh, such behavior. Um, so that's fine. Uh, now, I think we should add one. I don't think you should be able to buy one of those big sugary drinks if you're uh, if you've crossed the, your 30th birthday. Oh, interesting. I don't think I don't think anyone over 30. And I'm not saying that they can't have fun and aren't allowed to have fun. Maybe we would make some ones specifically for 30-year-olds that are like a frozen Negroni or something. But I don't think you can – I don't think a 30-year-old and above can process that volume of sugar in the amount of time that those drinks go down. I only have one counter to that argument, and that is uh, somebody else in this podcast universe, their mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we don't get genius stories – like that out of it. Yes, most of the time it is a disaster. Don't get me wrong. Most of these stories are not adorable. Yours ended up quite harmlessly where they didn't ralph all over your car. But right. um, there are the occasional gem stories you get out of, out of people consuming these big sugary drinks. What I would say is limit people that are over 30 to one per trip – and that's yeah. it. You're allowed one per trip. Not one, one per day. Per week. Yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> Something like that. Yep. For the entire time you're in Vegas, if you're a local, you're allowed one. Oh, yeah, you can have one ever. Right, yeah. No, that's actually a good idea. And that's all you're going to need either. Yeah. Um, you know what? And I like a frozen drink, but it does, like I would prefer one that's less sugary. So, like, so at Durango, and I have to try these still, they have like a frozen drink machine, but it has like Negronis in it. I'm like, hell yeah, I would love to get a frozen Negroni. That sounds I tell you, I, I'm thinking frozen Negroni with bursties in it. With the super duper bursties, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And now we're talking. Now that's now that sounds good. Now but, did you know it's opened in sale recently? What's that? 
Hungry Jacks. Oh, Hungry Jacks, yeah, yeah. So don't have to travel all the way to Tarogan. Sale, of course, being just 10 minutes Shit. down the road. Brand new, a brand new one? You get brand new Burger King? Well, they Burger, ripped the cats out Jacks, of a, a Red Rooster, but yes, it's essentially a whole new building. All right. The I'm intru- like, what, do you like, are there any food items you like from there, from Hungry yeah. Jacks? I, I'm not a big, I've never been a big Burger King fan. I, well, that's not true. When I was a, when I was a young chap, when I was a, maybe a, into my like high school years, um, I did enjoy the Whopper. I, I thought the Whopper was a good sandwich. Yeah. Okay. So I think Hungry Jacks is substantially better than Burger King. Well, yeah. I've had Burger King and I wasn't enamored with it. I thought our for whatever reason the the there was a bigger gap than say McDonald's between the the standards. I still think Australian McDonald's is better. Um but if you go to the Hungry Jack's menu, I don't know whether you can get access to it, but if you check out the Angus yeah, yeah. Angus Grillmaster range, most of those like Forget the names, like the the Chicago Angus has got nothing really to do with Chicago. But those burgers have none of the bullshit um, and they're it's pretty decent um, ground beef. The Chicago Angus, uh, I don't know what it has to do with Chicago, but it looks good. So you got double bacon, uh, you got peppercorn sauce. Okay, I'm into that. I like, a, I like a peppercorn sauce. Tomato and lettuce on a brioche bun. I mean, sure. Yeah. Sounds great. Yep. Uh, I had the double cowboy that. Angus the other day, which is pretty delicious. Yeah, that sounds good. Too. Look at the size of it, Tony. Yep. It is a smaller, like, diameter bun than, say, the Whopper. But um, Okay. All right. Yeah. It's, it's still a okay. big feat. Food. Big oh no, feed. the double tropical, the tro- double tropical. Wa- oh, you can get the, you can get a burger with the lot. At Burger at, uh, Hungry Jacks. Oh no! Yeah, they got the beetroot on here. They got the egg. They got the pineapple on. No, there's no pineapple on this one. Well, there's, there's the Aussie Whopper. Pineapple. As yeah, that's what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. That's yeah. the Aussie Whopper. Yeah, and there's the tropical Whopper. That one has the pineapple on. It. Okay. All right, you guys are living it up. You guys are living it up down there at Burger King. This is much better looking than than our Burger King. You got. Um, do you have their awful nuggets? I, their nuggets here are quite um, bad, but they might th- be better. That'll be in their sides. Yeah, they have them here. Yeah, you yeah. guys got them too. I reckon – I think they're pretty average from what I remem- remember. Um, no, I but your guys' had... onion rings are battered. Uh, yeah, we used ours, to have the, the crumb. Are, yeah, are they crumbed here, yeah. Yeah, and these are more like a – not a tempura batter, but kind of like a beer batter. So yeah, it's more yeah. golden than a te- tempura. Um, they're really good. I'll often replace the um, fries the, or the thick-cut chips, as they're called here, with the battered onion rings in a meal, which you can do. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm into that. So you got that closer. Lucky you. If so, if a new drink comes out, you can go. You can go fetch that. Bloody oath. Um, I don't know why I'm being so. Like stereotypical Australia right now, but I am. I apologise for that. What happened? Well, just um, how often do I use bloody oath on this podcast? But I, oh, okay. I, I've Sorry. used it okay. like okay. two or three times. I'm just um, uh, checking out the frozen and bursty's range. Um, how's the how's the coffee at Hungry Jack's compared oh, to terrible. the cafe? 
Okay. Sorry um, like McCafe is not good. I want to make that clear. But as far as fast food coffee in Australia goes, um, it's by far the best. So what's new here? The Fairy Floss Storm. Well, I think Kelly would like that one. That's like a blizzard, but it's covered in cotton candy. Uh, hell yeah. All right. You got a raspberry float. That sounds good. Ooh, the salted caramel iced coffee. You know that's bad. Oh, you know terrible. That tastes good. Yeah, that's bad. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm tempted by all these things. This, the burger, the Hungry Jacks has weirder items than the McDonald's. The McDonald's was very straightforward. The food did taste better and was less hard on my gut. Yep. But this, this looks like it could be, it may be potentially harder on my gut. But not, not, but maybe not because the food is greasy, but because of look at the, look at this shit. Yeah, it's huge. And I I don't know whether you have it on the American websites, but it always freaks me out when they have the calories and stuff in. Oh yeah, well item. here it's it, well it's in the Australian uh, kilojoules. So yeah, yeah, I don't I don't have to realize what that means. Um, but when it's like forty seven percent of your daily intake of sugar, and that's just um, what's that? That's the iced mocha. Oh yeah, yeah, you can't be eating that shit. You you can't no. be um, you can't be eating the you can't be eating the uh, the sweet coffee. That's that's such a that's such an easy way to get no satisfaction out of like most of the calories you get to eat in a day. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't understand. Like you're a coffee guy. I'm a coffee guy. I don't understand people's love for sweet coffee outside of one example I can cite. Like all the like frappe drinks, the mockers and whatever else, I personally get no enjoyment out of that. The only one I will give a pass to and I do find delicious is the Vietnamese coffee. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, well, I like that Vietnamese iced coffee. But that's one of those things that you get like once a year, I feel yeah. like. I don't really – not but, really getting involved in that too often, you know. Yeah, but but when you're talking about empty calories for no satisfaction, I've always thought those drinks were zero satisfaction outside of Vietnamese coffee. It doesn't mean I'll get Vietnamese coffee, but when I'm willing to treat myself, at least I can justify that. At least I get the enjoyment out of the flavour and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm I'm not a big frozen drinks person. I know you said you are, but I, I would rather just have like a. I'm not huge on it, but I'll drink one. I'll try one. I, I'd get down on it when it's hot out. I would absolutely get down on like a frozen bitter drink, like a oh, frozen, frozen Aperol bitter drink. Sp- yeah, like a frozen Aperol spritz or something. Yep. That sounds good. Yep, I I, I um, think for the most part, I, I've. Again, it comes down to that zero satisfaction for calorie intake. That's what I I can't justify. And as no. even even when I could justify it, I still never really enjoyed it. Rather than just have a a Coke. Sure, I don't even drink that. Uh, I'll I'll pretty much just if I'm if I'm getting into sweets, I'm eating a cookie or having some ice cream or something. That's Not a bad move. Much where I'm headed. Uh, Tony, I had to ambush you on this also. I did not realize this existed. Uh, we've talked about a few, um, like, I don't know, some of the crazy, we haven't talked about a ton of it, but we've talked about like gemstones and some of the other cults and mega churches and stuff, but I was not familiar with this one. Now I had heard loosely about this, um, but only from the Carl Lentz angle when he was like Bieber's preacher or whatever. Yep. Um, but uh, the Hillsong Church, I did not know, was a uh, Australian import. 
because I'm stupid and I just didn't pay attention to this thing. But um, this thing was quite funny. That Brian Houston guy seems like a real piece of work. Right in the, uh, I mean, I don't know if he came over with that. Who is that fucking crazy right wing guy that you guys sent us? Oh, um, I know that because we've talked about that dude. Right. Yeah. Uh, what was that oh. guy? Uh, uh, American Trump guy. It is Nick Adams. Nick Adams. There you go. So I kind of feel, I mean, these guys aren't necessarily cut from the same cloth, but I feel like they should be. Um, uh, but it, it, it was funny to, it was funny to see these, these guys flounder and now they're all in trouble and pretty much don't exist anymore. But yeah, fascinating shit. Um, Hillsong was like this trendy, like, um, don't know what you would call them um, as far as... Did you run up into these guys at all? Or you were growing up in a similar-ish time to me. Yeah. It's probably a little before this got really big, but these guys were have been around Australia for 40, 50, 60 years. Did you run up into these guys at all, or are they too far away from you to have to worry about? I wouldn't say run up into, but you, you sort of bump into people that... <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm friendly with, but I have bumped up into people that are a big part of the, like, um, more modern um, Christian faith. Um, we, we, and a lot of those are associated with Hillsong because it was the the big thousand-pound gorilla. Um, it's, it's interesting, um, unless you had much to do with um, the church, um, mm. They sort of, I don't know, because I'm, I'm an atheist, and right. so there's not a real lot of like spruiking um, or proselytizing. They're not like Jehovah's Witnesses that go out and and try and source you. They try and do it through other means, through concerts. Their music is terrible, um, and and the music's awful. Yeah. yeah, and other announcements and stuff that you can tend to see through. As as you're familiar, Falun Gong do this as well. It's it's about trying to get people into the church using other means. Yeah, we we've had, um, and I'll say like the so the the non denominational non denominational Christians here, um, they they proselytize through different means. Yeah. Um, and it's through like, I don't know. This one was unique because it was like, yeah, we're going out and fucking smoking and shit and we're cool. Right. You can yep. hang out with us. And, oh, and then they like, they like fucking sneak attack you and you're at church, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think there's always been a little bit of an angle of that to that non-denominational side. It's less about like the the act, the smoking and stuff, but it's like trying to act a little cool, having that straight edge punk, yep. straight edge vibe about it. So there was a music angle to it. And then they haul you into, you know, some, you know, ever, uh, uh, well, well song, well, fun and happiness, Christian church. And you're like, yeah, here we go. You know, <laughs> a million, you know, a million guys like me nodding their head because their high school girlfriend was somebody like this. I feel like that's just all of us. All of us had this and all yep. of them, their family had some weird card game. None of us understand what that was. And it doesn't yep. make any sense. To yep. us. Yeah. <laughs> very strange, but we all had the same experience. It's very funny. But um, I, I will say it was yeah. one of the few churches you, you spoke about Bieber, but even in Australia, it was known as a celebrity church. 
Um, like there are some not l- large numbers of Scientologists that are in the ce- celebrity realm, but if you're sure. going to pick an Aussie celebrity who is involved in a church, it's probably going to be Hillsong that they're involved with. Guy Fieri, not Guy Fieri, Guy Sebastian, I know for a time. Guy Fieri would be amazing as the Hillsong church guy, yeah. <laughs> Who's a pop singer uh, out of Australia and one of our XPMs, ScoMo, he's, uh, he's a, I'm not sure whether he's a, current member or a former member because of all the child abuse thing. I don't know what happened there. Not a, he, he wasn't personally involved in child abuse. That that would have topped everything off beautifully. But uh, the church itself um, had scandals because one of the co-founders or the co-founder's father was involved in some mm. nasty stuff. Well, you, uh, you love to see that, huh? I mean, really, it's pretty funny, but... Yep. I mean, you feel bad about the people who are getting, obviously you feel bad for the victims and shit, but oh yeah, there are a lot of them with this Hillsong thing too. These people are getting full on, you know, assaulted and uh, raped and it was pretty good. It was pretty nasty stuff happening, happening out here. Um, and I know there was an Australian Royal Commission to like take, take them down pretty much, but um well, Wild I would shit. say that was more in the church in general because um, we had. That yeah, uh, was, yeah, broader. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because we have Catholic churches here too, and they're they're no better. Let's be honest; they're in fact probably nope. worse. I would say that they use the last uh, they 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 use co- the cover of two thousand plus years of wealth and power to cover cover it up. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool stuff. <laughs> uh, cool all right, Tony. Yeah, we love it. This is all great. Everything's normal, and I you know what? Based on what I'm seeing in the world now. Uh, I highly doubt anyone's going to be seeking some kind, anything, any kind of spiritual um, assistance or uh, any just anything to make them feel better uh, in the next handful of 10 to 12 years. I'm sure everybody's just going to be doing just fine with yep. their own mental health. Just ask Elmo. Yeah. Just get on. You know what? If you don't, and if you can't do that, you know, just post. It's fine. Yeah. Um, no, you'll be fine. Uh, Tony, why don't we uh, – haven't done it in a couple couple of weeks because of, uh, you know, absence for various reasons. So uh, why don't we do our Discord, huh? All right. Uh, ooh, is this long enough ago? We have to go back to the 24th. Oh, my God. Um now I was uh, I was pretty happy with our friend Corey. He got to go sit in the suite at the Blues game, and this looked like a pretty sweet shindig here. Now, first of all, they had a nice beer selection in his fridge, which included some Urban Chestnut and some Forehands in there. And then they're making him smoked old fashions. That looks good upstairs there. That looks good. Uh, give it up. I mean, I would love to get some. I sat in a suite at the Silver Knights. Uh, last year, and I had a great time, but nobody was making me cocktails, and I pretty much just got like the biggest, like a like a cube of Michelob Ultras or something. Um, which, whatever, I'm not going to complain too much. That was pretty good. All right, over to the beer chat. We uh, got some good stuff. Go that, I, yeah, I, I just want to because I didn't say it at the time. Your note for the cancellation of last week's show on in the general um, sure, tab yeah. of Discord was absolutely phenomenal. 
Yep, we covered. I think we covered all the bases. That's that's so. One of these things is how you get COVID. I think. Um, yeah, the only thing you missed out was Hillsong. Hillsong, maybe. I'm sure they weren't a fan of COVID either. To be honest. So. Well, I was just reading uh, that they uh, had uh, COVID nineteen rule breaches. Does that really shock you? No, it seems like that's all they would do. I mean, if they were here when when they were here, that's all they. It feels like that was all. That's the only thing they would do is break that rule. I don't. And see, like that's something they were going to get into. Churches were notorious for going nuts with that shit. It was yep. wild. Um. All right, I don't. Did, uh, okay, did, I think we talked about PMAC. Did we talk about PMAC getting the sixty-eight beers, like essentially airlifted into his fucking cellar? <laughs> no, I don't um, think we did. Okay, he got like an insane amount of ramjets. It looks like we got um, some more Boat Rocker, Fat Santa, Jack Jet. Uh, I don't know what these are. These RISs from, oh, they're from. Uh, are they Boat Rocker as well? No, Hargreaves Hill. Oh, yep. That's the Russian Imperial Got a bunch of Hargreaves stack. Hill. Yep. And uh, some Cooper's Vintage Ale. Nice. Love me some Cooper's so Vintage he, 2020. Yes. So he had to get these into his, the old cellar fridge there. What a what a what a pickup from my from PMAC there. That's pretty good. Yep. Um now he now unfortunately Nick Torque did not make it to the Midnight Sour event at Carwin Cellars, which looked like they had a nice little draft list going there. Um and I'm I am curious about these two meter tall Tasmania from Tasmania Wild Ales here, so I'm I'm curious to see. Oh, uh, how those are going. Uh, ne- maybe next time I'm there, I have to check them out. Um, PMAC says you love them, which is, which is awesome. Now we had Max allotment. Now I will have to, well, we're going to big thank you for Max as we get through this, but Max was drinking some Treehouse, candied pineapple, big cantaloupe and tangerine notes on a soft plush frame. Very nice. Um, we had Nick drinking Nick went to deeds. I was very jealous. I love that place. Um, he was at Deeds and at the Notting Hill Hotel. Very nice. Um, but this Deeds, the Notting Hill Hotel. I don't think I may. I don't think we made it there. Um, I would say uh, the Deeds Doppel Bourbon Barrel Bock sounds right up my alley. That sounds fantastic to me. I would love to try that. And. Uh, now we had uh, Max was drinking a Dunkel with some unusual cola notes in the Dunkel from Tampa-based Lagermaster's Barry, Barry House. All right, and then uh, this was from Max. Max was very kind to send me a package uh, from which I will be making a donation to the Tony Australia to U.S. Super Travel Fund. He sent me a crawler here from Troon. Uh, he said they only only about two hundred or so of these go out, which is amazing for every batch. The one he sent me, uh, let me just pull up my untab so I get the right one. The one he sent me was called "Should I Be Jealous." It was uh, a just called Hoppy Ale. It was a hazy IPA essentially, um, and I thought it was excellent. I thought it fit right in the um, right into the burial camp for the some of the best hazies yep and the types of hazies that i really like it definitely had that nice bitter punch um uh tropical lead up and then 
then a then a strong sort of grassy note to finish, which which really does um, really does work for me. That's just how I like it. Is a little little extra bite on that. Um, pretty good stuff, Max. So I really really appreciate you getting that for us. That was really cool. Um, also, I wanted to pose this for you, Tony. If you're looking for something to do a, a week from Friday. Carwin Sellers having a official the official launch of Hudson Valley Brewery in uh, at uh, at their place. Now Hudson Valley, I've been to. They are like the original purveyors of sour IPA. Okay. Um, and I think you and Nick in particular would love these beers. I I think those beers would would sing, especially to you guys. I had a great time there. I think their beers are great. Um, they make a lot of good types of beer but the uh the there's no tap list yet okay um but but i thought this stuff was really was really really fun interesting stuff not super punchy sour but kind of gently tart Uh, max can probably speak more clearly to it than i can but um have a little bit of lactose they're very fun to try they're not ones you're gonna easily take down 16 ounces of in a second but maybe uh, you might, Tony. I'm, I'm not. You know me. I, I struggle with some of those beers <laughs> at, at at size, but um, uh, they're also going to have some beers from KCBC, which is Kings County Brewing, which is a good brewery in New York, and Grimm, and Evil Twin Brewing, New York City. We'll be back. So you're going to have all four of those in one in one fell swoop. So next Friday at Carwin, at the very least, Nick. I think you should find your way out there if you don't. Uh, if you don't yeah. have, uh, you know, important business to be tended to. No, that, that That's some good exciting. stuff. I won't be making it, of course, because I'm in full save mode, but, uh, yeah, that, That's that right. does sound interesting. Um, what else? Okay, we will be covering the uh, some of the news I posted there in the show chat during the news segment, so we're just going to bypass right through that, and I think... If I'm not mistaken, that might be. Do we have any news? This any uh, questions this week? Nah, I think we're no, good. I think, I think we, we can. I think we can plow right ahead into the logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. All right, I do want before I say my logger of the week, I want to thank um, Max also for sending me uh, a can of Focal Point by Tonewood. Um, it tasted incredible. Uh, it was, it, it, he said it was from the back of his fridge, um, but I thought it tasted really good. Nice and dry, 3.8%, like a 10-degree Play-Doh pills. Um, killer. I would love to get a whole crate of these things and drink them. It, 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 sounds, it, it tastes great. Unfortunately, I do have to give the uh, lager of the week uh, to a beer that just appeared on tap for the first time in a while for me at Corey's, and it is Freem Pilsner. I used to give Freem Pils the lager of the week every week for about, I don't know, 20-some weeks. And uh, it came back, and I have to do it again. It just is too damn good. Uh, Coming out of those draft lines at Corey's, nice and clean, uh, nice clean glass. Uh, perfect head on it. Tasted incredible. Uh, nothing beats it. 
I mean, I had some good lager this week. I even had I had a Vien Steffner Hellas too um, at Silver Stamp, but nothing nothing beats a Freem Pills sometimes, huh? Good no, stuff. It, it doesn't. Although I can say I had a pretty delicious selection of lagers, um, thanks to one of the members of the uh, bar staff at Mafco. She'd uh, been down to, um, well, sorry, up to Bridge Road. Um, brewers in Beechworth, not to the Melbourne location, but to the actual original brewery. And she bought back um, three lagers as part of that. And the standout sure. for me was the Pacific Pills. You are a big fan of that style of I do, beer. yeah. yeah um, I love that. And it yeah. was really delicious. Um, bang on style. Really, really delicious. Um. You know what? I was looking through the. Uh, we, we didn't cover this. We usually cover a lot of the Australian beer news, but I saw that the Gabs One Hundred came out. Yep. Right? Did I see that? Yes, um, you did. Where? What? Where? What is that handle on Instagram? Gabs Hottest One Hundred Festival. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Um, and the winner was again. Was again. Um, Status quo, right? Yep. Was mountain culture status quo? Yep. Now, I saw this. Now, we're going to be making a big effort at this. I, old Griff is going to be trying to go as hard as he can. Next next Tuesday, I got to get online in the morning and try to get tickets for the Firestone Walker Invitational because yep. mountain culture is going to be there wow. this year. So, I want to go. Bloody uh, oath, big, right? In the summer. I am going to try really hard to go, and I am very proud to say that the number two beer is Balter XPA, which was uh, like my second favorite beer of the trip, pretty yep. much. Maybe not. I had a lot of great beers. But in when I was in Sydney, that shit I, was a goddamn godsend. I yes. needed it more than anything because you would be – it would be hot. First of all, it was hot there. Um, second of all, uh, there just was not the volume of, like, super high-quality beer that the that – the, um, the Melbourne area has where you have 20 different breweries you want to try shit from yep. there. If you found mountain culture, you were lucky. Um, and if you didn't, you hopefully had Balter and you wouldn't believe how many of these bars were carrying that Balter XPA. Pretty much yep. every single bar you step into in Sydney area um, had it. And thank God for that. And it tastes incredible. So shout out to that beer uh, also, which is up there. And I will say, um, out of that top ten, a couple of other ones to look out for um, from Pmax Neck of the Wood, Ben Spoke, um, their Crankshaft, um, which is yeah. not a – because wasn't there a um, Kolsch that was Crankshaft? Or was that a different uh, that was the That was the Metro Kolsch. Yeah, I yeah. gave you one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is their IPA, which is delicious. And the other one I want to shout out because it's like the grand – like. It's the OG, like it's it's Cooper's original pale ale in the green can made it into the top ten at number seven, which is just that's that's great to see. That's fantastic, yeah. I mean that's such a great beer too. I mean I mean I've had that here in the States. I know it's probably yep. been old, but um great for them. Uh as I, as I scroll through this list um, oh, Mountain Culture Cult IPA. That's a great one. Yep. Um, Cooper Sparkling Red. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Hawker's West Coast. I actually had the, I had the Hawker's West Coast. Remember that little shop, Tony, we went to? The Milk That was shop? like, 
no, no, for, it was the one that was like we were with Nick. It, we oh, we like yeah. meandered down the street from some place. They had Hawker's West Coast IPA on draft. Right. Some old ass man was in there. Yep. Um, and I thought that beer was really fantastic. The Hawker's West Coast, um, the Mountain Culture Summer Pale. That's the uh, Sierra Nevada collab. That's on here. Yep. Um, uh, so oh, ba- Badrigi's on here with the Specky Juice. Yep. Uh, good for them. Um, um, Hop Nation, which we didn't get to because they're in the western suburbs, um, their classic Pilsner, which is a saviour when you're at a, a sour beer fest and you just need something that's clean, uh, the Rattenhouse, Rattenhunt, um, German Pilsner, terrible name. Nick talk can, yeah. can talk you through that naming convention, uh, but it's a great um, Australian Pils. Really like that beer. And the other one I got to find, I'll have to find next time I'm there is the new, the, the winner of the new releases of 2023 was the Balter Cerveza, which I would love to try. It has, Balter's can design is on point. They have nice, they have a nice, very minimalist look about them, but that Cerveza sounds good. So yep, I'd love to check that out, but good shit. I am uh, happy about that. So that's cool. Good for, good for mountain culture. Excited to have them here in the States. And I'm going to try really hard to go to the Firestone Walker, um, invitational this year and, and, uh, hang out with those guys. Uh, be the one nerd. who's like, Hey guys, I remember I was there. There's probably like 40, 40 other people who have been there. Pretty, pretty cool guy. Um, all right, Tony, let's do the beers of the week, huh? Yep. We can certainly do that. Why don't, you, why don't you go first here? Yeah, I'd love to kick it off. Um, there are two – I want to put up an honourable mention and then make sure Beer of the Week, uh, mainly because I had a tiniest bit to do with the first beer. It's a Mafco beer. Um, the Gone Tropo beer, I did the tap handle um, decal, which I think turned out excellent, and it's a surprisingly good beer that we were – that was a last-minute chuck together – Fruited mango ale, um, wouldn't wouldn't um, rave about it. Wouldn't travel to get it, but I think the decal turned out well and the beer itself turned out well. But my number one beer, I would travel to go and find again, and that's Angel Share by mm. a little uh, venue that you might enjoy called Mountain Culture. It was a rum barrel aged imperial guys, yeah. stout. Um, it was, you know how you can get like bourbon barrels that are just pure booze but aren't too bourbony. This was one of those cases yeah. where you got more alcohol punch than than rum punch. Uh, and it was really like Yeah, yeah. When you're looking for that out of a big stout, it's really delicious. Fantastic. I love it. How about um, yourself? I I also did some barrel age drinking this week. Actually on Monday. Who knows? Who knew? But I uh, met up with some friends at Corey's and and didn't know the next time I'd see him because they're they tend to be a little bit hard to hard to get um, eyes on, and both of us ended up bringing beers. Um, he had brought a Rubens um, bourbon barrel aged stout, which which um, was a little bit dated and it felt like some of the sweetness had come. It was very ethanolic, which you know I'm into, but 
that felt like a blending barrel. One of those barrels you crack open and pour in the thing and they, yeah. I, I would use that one. I'd be like, Oh, that's if I want to add heat barrel 20 comes in because that one's spicy. Um, now mine I brought was actually also from the Pacific Northwest. We went an all Seattle, uh, crew pretty much. Um, it, this one was from Fremont, a collaboration with Fort George. Now Fort George is from Astoria, Oregon, I believe. Um, very beautiful place. It's called remainders barrel aged cuvee. And this was a fancy one here. It was, uh, it's Fremont, Fremont barley wine, uh, a component aged in three basil Hayden barrels and in two knob Creek barrels for 14 months. Ooh. And then the Fort George stout was a component, uh, aged in four westward whiskey barrels for 14 months and one Willet barrel for 14 months. Ends up 13%. Uh, I got it on Tavor. I didn't pay too much for it compared to the other shit, and it was probably better than most of the other shit I've ever gotten on there. Uh, and better than most Taurus stouts, which is on, needs to go unsaid at this point. <laughs> Tony, what do you think the ratings on this? 462 check-ins. Sorry, 400 and, 408 ratings. We'll say. 13.2%. Yeah, you got it. You're close. It's 4.4 on the dot, but yeah, you you're hitting it. Uh, really excellent. I loved this. I thought it tasted great. Um, very, a little sweeter than the other one, especially when compared with the other, with the Rubens, we were like, damn, this is sweet, but it's actually not. Cause that was so harsh. Yep. Um, so we did a little bit of cuveting of our own. I got to say, um, honestly, the Fort George was a little better on its own, but the little bit of extra dryness didn't hurt it. So we were, we were doing a little mixing and matching. Uh, the other beer I do want to shout out was sort of an old school beer. Um, as my secondary beer of the week, my runner up, my honorable mention, Tony, I, I had never heard of this beer. I've heard of Ritter guts. Ritter guts makes Gosa in okay. Germany. Oh, uh, they okay. are. Um, yep. And this was a, it's called Lick, Lichtenheiner, Lichtenheiner, Lichtenheiner. It is, uh, a kind of a tart, dry wheat beer, sort of like a Berliner Weiss. I think this one was spiced with bergamot peel and, Timut Pepper. Um, and why on earth was this on draft at the Silver Stamp? I don't know. Uh, but I loved it. It only has 122 check-ins ever, this beer, from Germany. 4.3%. Uh, I thought this was crazy tasting, and I loved it. It was like a little savory from the from the peppercorn, um, and the bergamot gave it like a tea quality, obviously, yeah, that, you know. That- that um, um, Earl Grey sort of quality, right, very right, forward exactly. orange. I mean, I I thought it was incredible. Uh, this just was just hanging out on tap. I would never have even blinked at it because I'm like, oh, Ritterguts, that's just that's Gosa, and I love Gosa, but that's not what I want. But um, our friend Joey, the bartender, was like, you got it, you got to get that one. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, all right, I get it. And uh, you got to trust your bar staff. I I those guys, they they always look at me and they say two, six, 11, 12. And I'm like, what now? I want your phone number. Come on, brother. No. Okay. They're just telling me what beers to get. I'm just kidding. Um, but yes, yeah, it, it was great shit. So if you ever stumble upon various Ritter guts goes products at, uh, your local, uh, tap room, give them a go. Pretty good shit. It's almost like those Germans know what they're doing with that specific style. As much as uh, the revival was led by uh, the American brewers, like 
Anderson Valley. And, um, it's been sort of taken really? over. Off and, colour? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, um, right. It still has a place to be traditional. It sounds like that's um, traditional but also pushing the bounds it's, in a way. It's crazy to think about. I mean, this is this is like one of those, like, two morons talk about the history of beer and, you know, try to two morons try to screw in a light bulb type shit. But there are moments, right? So I'm in Whole Foods. So yeah, Whole Foods, the store that Amazon owns, you know? Yep. Uh, that is um, um, the shopping, um, the supermarket of choice for Top Chef. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the supermarket of choice for yuppies uh, like me and Top Chef. Well, I'm glad you said yuppies like you because if you're a real yuppie, you're at Erdogan. Come on. I know they're only in Beverly Hills, but. If I'm a real yuppie, I need to be about 10 years younger, I think, too. But uh, the. Um, the uh, I walk in and I'm, you know, I'm buying fucking fruit and crap. And there's just a stack by. There's some apples and some, like, nice cheddar out. You know, they had some nice looking cheese out. Then next to it is a big stack of uh, Ode Beersel Rose Lambic. What? At Whole Foods? Yeah. And I'm like, Whole Foods is just can't, can't, four cases of the Rose Petal Lambic. And that's not Rose Lambic. That's like they're using, yep. you know, rose flowers and, and maybe like raspberries or something to even that out because, you know, that's going to taste too Soapy. perfumey. But, yeah. yep. But I'm like, what the fuck? So I know it's Valentine's Day too, so I know there's a part of that, but... Um, I'm like, damn, they're carrying this shit. They're carrying a, a half pallet of this at Whole Foods for $28.99 or whatever. That's wild, you know? Um, so good good for O'Beersel. That guy, that guy came to Stamp. Uh, the the owner and the brewer was at Stamp earlier this year. It was a really cool guy to meet. But um, that, was, that was just a it, – it was – it made me think back to when, like, I first had La Folie. Yep. Maybe – 10, 12 years ago. And I was like, I don't know about this trend. You know, I don't know if I'm into this. And my very first one was La Folie, which is so bracingly sour at the time for someone who's really not done much with tart beers at all. And uh, just looking back on that as, and maybe that feeling like that's a little bit of the progenitor of any of that ever happening here in the States. You know, there had to be one here that somebody did it right. You know, an American brewery did it, did it and brought that culture over here a little bit. That's probably giving them too much credit because, you know, brewery or uh, places like hop leaf and everybody have already, I've always been bringing that stuff over in monks cafe and everything. But um, it felt like that was a real turning point, that time frame, And now all of a sudden we're getting, like I said, we're carrying out beers in the whole foods, you know, it's just such a crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy set of world. Time to go by. It's, it's, it's wild to think about, but um, Hey, I bet that's not the craziest thing that happens this year. Um, and with that, why don't we move on to uh, Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Um, all right, I want to pull this up. This is just a post. Um, so this isn't really a news article or anything. This is a post that uh, came to my uh, eyes. Uh, I will, you know what, I'm going to share it with you, Tony, so you can look at the post. Okay. Um it's, it's right here. Instagram post it's from the Nevada Craft Brewers Association. It says, please consider supporting all the breweries within the NCBA. Enjoy a pint, buy a crawler, eat the amazing food served. Every purchase ensures 
that we will be here longer and continue to do what we do best. Thank you for your support. So um, it sounds like, I don't know what alert went up, but there is some concern in the Nevada beer circle that these, uh, that there's um, struggling breweries out there. Now, I think, I, I don't know if I mentioned it last time or this is an old news now, but Bad Beat, which is a brewery out here in Henderson and a brewery that's downtown or had been downtown called Neon Desert um, are, are essentially switch, switching places. So Neon Desert is coming here to Bad Beat, their spot, and Bad Beat's going to take over a spot downtown. Now, I admit I, neither of those breweries are ones that I frequent. Uh, I was never a big I haven't had anything from either of them that's really laid me out, I guess. Uh, is that unfair of me sometimes? Yeah, I, I probably should visit the locals more, but I'm also spoiled by the access to, like, world-class beer everywhere. So uh, I guess the question I asked about something like that was, what is switching fix? What's the problem <laughs> solved here? <laughs> I just have a different nondescript brewery in the same place in two other spots. I don't understand why. There's a, there's a scene in The Simpsons. Um, it's the episode in, where Homer and Ned go to Vegas and they marry the hookers. Yep. And Homer keeps asking, he goes, what if we switched wives? And then Ned's like, for the last time, that won't help. <laughs> and that's what I felt here. I don't, I don't know what they're yep. doing. So I think that's part of it, that there's been some consternation in the industry in general uh, with all these people moving. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Reno. I'll never know what's going on in <laughs> Reno. Um, I'm going to try to go this year. I've heard it's a good time, but um, especially with the beer scene there and, and bars, but I just haven't. But so I don't know what's going on there with revision and um, you know, some of the revision and, and lead dog and uh, imbibe who are three of the bigger breweries in the whole state. You know, yep. those are, those are big, those are big brewer. revisions, a big brewery. Um. And then Craft House, you know, Craft House, I hope, is the one that I always think, Craft House, Abel, and Big Dogs are the ones that I think about as being the, the, the kind of quintessential Vegas breweries that I tell people to go to no matter what. So I hope they're doing okay. So I'm just interested, you know, I don't know who it is that's struggling. I don't want anyone to go out of business, of course. I hope everybody finds a niche at yes. whatever types of beers and levels they make. Um, you want everybody to have a customer base. So I'm, I'm rooting for people. A lot of them are my friends. Uh, the guys at astronomy, the people at craft house, you know, people that we know very well. So we of course want them to be successful, but, uh, Hey, that's, uh, interesting to hear. I, I, I don't know what that means or if it was just a sort of panic alarm, but we'll see. Um, we'll see yeah. who's, who's out there. Um, you know, I, I think the, the rule holds true. Um, in a lot of cases, it's not universal truth, but you're going to have to make quality product. You're, you're not going to make it if yeah. you can't deliver quality and consistency. And I, you know, I, I hope that everybody's able to do that to the degree that they need to, to continue brewing beer here in Vegas. Cause we don't have enough here. We're still underserved for the population. Yeah. For the, for the million or so in, in Las two and Vegas, half, two and a half million, sorry, two and a half million. Yeah. So uh, about half the size of Melbourne. Um, yeah. You should have more breweries than what you've got. Um, and more quality breweries than what you've got, considering the maturity of the U.S. beer market as a whole versus right the Melbourne beer market. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, I have my suspicions as to who is on the in the danger zone. 
I know there's been some issues out in Henderson with some of the landlords uh, lately, yep. you know. Uh, but I also know there are a couple of breweries up downtown that are <laughs> – <laughs> Uh, maybe felt short for the earth upon my first time laying a glance upon them, or maybe even have had a certain, uh, rescuer of bars. Oh no. That that seems like it's a sticky situation and there's some taffy or taffer involved there. Yeah. It seems like they may have, they may have tripped on some browned butter (laughs) bourbon (laughs) or something. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but that, that was an interesting thing that, that came upon me. So here, uh, speaking just to inspire everybody, I pulled this, I got this list from Forbes. This came out, boy, just a couple days ago, nine Las Vegas breweries to visit during Super Bowl week, Tony. Okay. Exciting. All right. Let's see. Now nine. Now that's a lot of them. They're going to hit a lot of them here. Yep. So we got, we got Abel Baker. That's a good one. Yep, you've is able my favorite one in town. No, but I like them. That's a good one. Yeah, you mentioned them. Um, that they do reasonable stuff. Now, Tony, their name comes from the first two atomic bombs detonated at the Nevada test site, Oppenheimer. So they're right in the zeitgeist right now. They are. Now they yeah. just need to put out like an action figure, Barbie style, and then they've got it all. Yeah, I haven't uh, watched they, Oppenheimer yet. Have you? Watched it? No, I actually haven't. No, I haven't. Um, uh, I I've I need to. I but I don't think <laughs> I don't think I can. It's three hours long. I'm not too worried about that. I can. I you know. I, I'll just I'll just arm myself with a couple of beers. Yep. Um. But man, you got to commit. You, that's like you got to finish dinner if you're going to do that during a weeknight. You have to like finish dinner and be like, all right this is all I'm doing. And then I'm immediately going to bed and then you're going to have to like go to bed and be like, Oh yeah, they're going to blow the world up. You know, that's, I mean, yep. essentially, but so I got to watch that. All right. Next up is Nevada brew works, Nevada brew works. I've never been to Nevada brew works. Um, I'll admit I have not. Um, that is a, that is a John Taffer, uh, style establishment. <laughs> Oh. Uh, no, I believe I believe he has made his presence known. Okay. I believe his his figure hath darkened those doors, as they say, at Nevada Brew Works. So I think I think he was Ooh. he was floating around there. Uh, Huddle Brewing. Now Huddle, those guys are some of the nicest folks you'll ever meet over at Huddle. Um, I of course would recommend you pop in. I I would for our audience, our particular audience who I know is a very highfalutin beer connoisseur, I would advise you to choose your selection wisely. You know, make a decision that you won't regret. I would maybe not go there expecting to drink a uh, perfect Goldfinger or Freem style pills. Yep. I would maybe say I want something hoppy, you know, something yep. punchy flavored, you know, strong flavored. That would be my advice, but the people are some of the nicest people in the world. It's right next door to Soul Belly Barbecue, which is the best barbecue in town. So, um, you eat a barbecue, you drink a little beer. Worst, worst time to have than that. Uh, after that, you got Craft House, 100, 1,000%. If you're one of our listeners and you're coming to Vegas for the Super Bowl, and I know you all are, uh, you got to hit Craft House. That This will be their 10th year. Yep. That's awesome. 10 years in Vegas. That's huge. That's a hell of an effort. Um, yep. And they got two locations. You're in the arts district going to stamp. You need a pregame 
uh, slow pour check pills off the Luker faucet. Booyah. They gotcha. You're looking for a car in Henderson after you just hit the fucking megabucks. You want to buy an Aston Martin over at the auto show in Henderson, but you also want to slow pour pills. Bang. Right for you there in the brewery booze district in, Good to in Henderson. It's, it's all waiting for you. Um, Oh, Craft House also offers non-alcoholic hop water. Fuck yes. Thank you, Forbes, for being responsible. After that, you got Hop Nuts. We're just going to roll right past Hop Nuts. Uh, really? So did Forbes. Forbes gave him two sentences. Hop Nuts features eight core beers and ever-changing lineup of seven more. They don't, <laughs> they don't even describe <laughs> what anything about them. There's eight, and then there's seven other ones. Okay, that says a <laughs> Just lot. Just say you have 15 beers. Uh, and they have a carefully chosen selection of get literally does not tell this. Somebody wrote Hop Nuts and they're like, hey, could you tell us about your brewery? And they said no. <laughs> Why couldn't you settle on like eight breweries rather than nine if you're going to short shrift Hop Nuts like that? Um, I really think um, you're right. I, th- I think. I will not be writing anything. You won't? Look at like, somebody had to look at the Google image photo of how, and look in there and be like, I think that says there's 15, whatever. (laughs) All right, then we get to Tanea. Tanea just got bought by Beer Zombies. We can officially say out that Tanea got bought by Beer Zombies. I think we spoke Um, about that a couple of weeks ago. That sale was imminent. Uh, yeah, that happened. Now, Tanea still will exist, though. So it's existing as Tanea still. They've got some. Yep, and Tanea will still be brewing their beers. Um, beer Zombies is coming in to brew some of their own beers on Tanea's system and roll them out to both places. I think they're going to have them on tap at, at the Tanea Brewery and at their own spots around town. But they kept, they kept a lot of their, like pretty much all the staff on. So it's pretty much the same for now. They're touching it up a little bit, loading up with the classic beer zombies television fucking menus and shit, but that's fine. Um, but they're there. And, and you know what? If I were in town, I would absolutely say go to Tanea. You'll have a nice time. And their core range is good. And if they have any of their barrel age, the Tanea barrel age, great. Then we get into an interesting component here. Um, the final three. Uh, the Hofbrau House. Now, the Hofbrau House, I don't know that they are brewing um, in the Hofbrau House in Vegas. Now, maybe? Yep. Uh, I don't have any. It says, yeah, no, it says traditional beers imported from Germany as well as locally brewed seasonal offerings. Okay, maybe. Um, I've been to the Hofbrau House, not the one here, but I'm sure it's great. You know, nothing wrong with eating a schnitzel. I'm not, yep. I'm not offended by this. You know, that's fine. Then we get to Ellis Island Casino and Brewery. Now, Ellis Island, you know I have love and respect for Ellis Island. Yes. However, they have – the brewery is gone. That's what I was – that's uh, why I, I, I gave a sigh because you had mentioned that um, the brewery had gone from Ellis Island. It's gone. Yeah, uh, they are. There are beers being brewed for them up in St. George, Utah, uh, near Mount – near um, – near Zion National Park. Yep. Um, but they uh, they are not making any beer there anymore. That's over. Uh, rip in peace. Now, you can still get their holiday nog, and I think there is still some. So if you want to go drink some eggnog, it's the best eggnog in town. If you want to drink some fucking February eggnog, 
before the Super Bowl, fuck yeah, you can do it. Um, and you can play $5 blackjack there. And if you get a suited blackjack, you will get a f- comp for a free growler. Really? Yeah. Thanks. Now, this happened to me. The My neighbor at the table got so fucking excited. <laughs> He's like, bro, you just got the free growler. I'm like, dude, I have to go get a growler of Ellis Island Pale Ale. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Um, so my vision was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to immediately drive it to silver stamp. That's going to be funny. Be like, you fuckers yep. drink this. Then I go over there. I'm like, Hey, Hey, uh, I got my comp. I'm going to get my growler. And they're like, Oh, you'll have to come back. We're out of growlers. I'm like, bro, you're going to be a comp for something I can't even get. <laughs> what the fuck? And I just never got it. I'm not going oh. back to Ellis Island. I'm not driving back to Ellis Island to get a $4 growler of fucking bad pale ale. <laughs> And then we get to the last one. It's Trustworthy Brewing. So I guess there is a location of this brewery in Burbank. Uh, This is in the Venetian. It's a brewery in the Venetian. Um, Their beers are pretty nondescript. I think they're like a venture capital brewery. Some private equity guy owns this shit or something. I don't know. They don't have any purpose to me. Now, when you say Burbank, is that Burbank, California, or is there a Burbank in Nevada? No, that's Burbank, California. Yeah. Um, Really shouldn't be on this list. Got to be honest. Because then you so can open it up go. to all kinds of things at that point. Like, why isn't Tories like, in the stamp on there at that point? It sounds like Don Say, Don C, the beer writer and consultant known globally as the Don of Beer who wrote this article, tried really hard on it by emailing a few people and being like, tell me about your brewery. So yep. this guy really utilizing his BJCP national ranked judge status and his experience presenting on beer in Canada, the U.S., the U- U.K., Australia, Ukraine, and Singapore to uh, give us drop some deep knowledge on Vegas breweries, dude. I'm, you know what? I I was about to say like, man, I'm fucking stupid. I sh- I could be doing this, but then I'm like, a fucking robot could do this. Like, I mean, what if I went in? I mean, could I do it? I'm sure I could if I go to, um, hey, uh, uh, oh fuck, I have to log in. Um, <laughs> I want to see if I if I ask if I ask ChatGPT to tell me the uh, tell me the nine best breweries in Las Vegas. Um, Tenaya Creek, Big Dogs. He didn't even say Big Dogs. He went to Ellis Island <laughs> before Big Dogs. Craft House, Hop Nuts, Banger, that one doesn't exist anymore. Ellis Island, Bad Beat, Sin City, and Joseph James doesn't exist anymore either. So he he went two for he went seven for nine to breweries that exist still. Yep. But still, this is just as pretty much just as good. He's got he's got he got big dogs in there. That would have been one I would have gotten in there for sure. Um pretty bad shit from this guy who says he's like a beer expert or whatever. That that blows. Um, all right. We got one kind of combo news story here. You know, I got to hit it. Yep. He's the gift that keeps on giving. Which order it's, are we uh, doing this in? Let's do Seth Weathers first. So, okay. Woke free beer venture in Georgia earns F rating with the BBB, the Better Business Bureau, Tony. And uh, so uh, Tony Lucci of Tampa, Florida, says his wife ordered the limited edition a conservative beer in September with the promise that it would be shipped in 45 days. More than 120 days later, he still doesn't have his beer. Uh, I don't care what product or ideology 
you're using or you're doing, this is horrible customer service. Um, the only response he got from the company came in a generic email offering refunds sent after the I5I team started asking questions. Um, it's frustrating that nobody responds to you and they're supposed to be a business. That's not a business. Walker Means, we're a great name, of Edinburgh, Pennsylvania, has waited for his beer since November. Website promised he would get it in 30 days. Um, and uh, I placed an order for two reasons, Walker explained. One, to obviously give a pretty nice gift, but also to support the kind of company I thought was kind of spearheading the movement of not shoving things down our throats all the time. That's just word salad, dude. That is ultimate um, word salad. Now, I thought it was down to nine ninety nine a six-pack. It's back up. Now, he says, if someone doesn't want the beer at this time, we'll offer them a refund. We're doing the best we can to put it in the cans and get it out as fast as we can. Sounds like they're not... Yeah, doing too good. Uh, they also had to complain. Don Young had to complain directly to get a refund. Um, these these people are having to bitch and moan pretty much all the time to get anything. Uh, let's see if we have any other news from them. We, we do have to do our weekly <laughs> check on these guys. Free shipping on orders over 100. The beer has been, uh, it has gone up to $12.99. Yeah, so we that's... found a high... We've, we found a happy medium here. Uh, he's at twelve ninety nine right now. I don't know. Maybe he got some extra pub from being such a horrible business that it got him some free, some free advertising. I don't know. But then his hero let him down. Unfortunately, Donald Trump. This is on CBS News. Trump says Bud Light should be given a second chance after Dylan Mulvaney backlash. Former President Donald Trump is asking his supporters to give Anheuser-Busch a second chance after Bud Light's marketing promotion last year. With transgender TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney sparked a backlash among some customers. Um, uh, he said, uh, okay, we're going to have a Bud Light ad for the Super Bowl, of course. In a post Tuesday on True Social, Trump called Anheuser-Busch's promo with Mulvaney a mistake of epic proportions, and for that, a very big price was paid. But, he added, Anheuser-Busch is not a woke company. He went on to praise the beverage giant's effort to support farmers and create jobs, including veteran employment for U.S. veterans. Anheuser-Busch is a great American brand that perhaps deserves a second chance, says Trump. Shares of Anheuser-Busch rose 2%. Fuck off. Um, so Trump says Bud Light is cool again. Because, like... Per liter of beer, and I know the brewers and the people that work at Bud and Anheuser Busch are good people, but you're talking about a company that works on such a ruthless scale that to say right. that it's supporting the American workforce is fucking disingenuous. Um, it's a well, it's just the it's one of the lies that we tell ourselves or people tell us every. Every day, right? Yep. Everybody tells us every day, right? This is uh, that. That's uh, honestly, it's one of the reasons I move. I like Vegas. Um, I think I've talked about this on the show before. Vegas is a little bit. Vegas has a cutthroat element about it, and it's uh, it can be a bit cruel, but it's honest about what it is. I think. Yep. Um, the pay table is staring you in the face. Uh, nobody. Nobody's. Um, it, the, the truth is easy to find. 
what I hate is when some Chicago mayor or U.S. president or whoever tells you it's good. You know what's good is that we give Boeing a bunch of money to have their headquarters here and employ uh, 25 people in white-collar <laughs> jobs. Wow, you know? Yep. Or, you know, actually, Bud, uh, Anheuser-Busch it cares about you and is doing good things for you and helping you. Yep. Um, well, that, dog. Right, right. These are the things you don't need to... I, you don't have to feed this to me. I'm already living in this, right? Yep. I, I don't want to hear the the bullshit. This, uh, somebody give me the real story here. Tell me the truth. Um, and I and I hate I hate that shit like that. And I hate the Trump double speak. Uh, and and they all do it. He's not the only guy doing it. You know, yep. we're going to be getting it from all sides. It's all dog shit. Um, not to be an all sides guy. Trump does it. You know. 20, he'll do it. He'll flip flop three more times before the he falls down. Right? He'll say Bud Light, fuck Bud Light. Actually, Bud Light's cool. Whatever. Who cares? Nobody will ever call him on it. Nobody will. It never matter. It doesn't matter. But I do hate. I just hate that companies are doing a are helping you. Never forget how much the companies <laughs> are helping you. I fucking hate that bullshit. That's yep. so stupid. Drives me up a wall. And I'm not saying it never happens in Vegas. It does plenty. But I think it's very easy to see through the veneer in Vegas. You you really yes. don't have to squint too hard to tell what's, what the real story is. Nobody thinks Wind Corporation or the Sands or MGM Grand are somehow first made, motivated by social causes right. and then um, taking money from you. No, everybody understands they're there to take money from you in whatever method they can. And if they can run a couple of good PR events, that's that's all I'll do. And that's right. often the reverse of how the rest of um, the corporate world works, where it's like w- the veneer is the thing that we we sort of stick our flag. We in latch on to the veneer, yep. right? Yeah. Yep, I get what you're saying. You go to the you go to the casino and Station Casinos gives you a toaster. You know, nobody nobody says like these guys are so nice they're giving me a toaster. Everyone no. says, no, fuck that. I paid for this toaster, goddammit. Give me yep. a fucking toaster, you asshole, and I'm going to gamble more also while I'm here. You know, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is, you know. It's yep. fucking stupid. Um, it's good. All right, Tony. Uh, you know, we got to do a Super Bowl-inspired game. I, we, we, I, I, um, I, of course, uh, busted my nut on doing the tournament game last week because I was uh, bored. So um, I had to come up with something. Oh, God. And all this discussion about Guy Fieri, uh, I thought we'd play a this or that game, but not with beers. Tony, this is going to be a fun one for you. Uh, you're going to have to guess uh, where if these restaurants that appeared on Triple D appeared in Kansas City or San Francisco. Oh. Plink, plunk, plink, plink, This or that. All right, Tony, there's 10 of these. We'll blow through them here. These are going to be funny, I think. Uh, I'm going to give you some new categories here, okay? okay. You're going to get – this is from DinersDrivensDivesLocations.com. This is a website from that feels like it's from 1883. And you have bookmarked. Um, I, yep, <laughs> of course. Do people still so use what I'll bookmarks? Do, I don't think I've got uh, I, I do some – I do for, like, work stuff. Uh, if I have to, like, save a power – like a fucking link to a chart, I will, yep. I, or I will put it up here, but that's about it. Um, all right. So what I'll give you, I'll give you the name of the restaurant. Okay. I will give you the name of the episode and season, and then I'll write, I'll read the little description here. 
from Oof, this from is gonna God be so good. All right. First one I got for you is called Extra Virgin Restaurant. It was in season 30 uh, on the episode called Full of Surprises. Uh, so this one, here's the description. Without question, this is the most recommended Mediterranean tapas spot in blank that will gladly recommend all day, every day. A very popular street side patio. We're sure to make it out whenever we're nearby. The power team of husband and wife, Michael and Nancy Smith, are what makes this place such a tremendous success. Uh, with decades of experience and countless awards and recognition from the culinary world, they opened up Extra Virgin, and the rest is history. Staff is superb. Truly make the local tapas experience a memorable one. Uh, the customers here are from word of mouth, and that is the best kind of accolade to receive. Uh, some amazing menu items here uh, are such uh, some amazing menu items here, such as their chickpea fries or squid ink spaghetti with sea urchin. I like uh, what if you're you've experienced pizza from a wood-fired oven. You've been missing out. So this is called Extra Virgin. Tony, is this from San Francisco, home of the 49ers, or Kansas City, home of the chefs? It is the. Um from the home of the chefs, I, I like what you were trying to do at the end there with the description with the chickpeas and whatever else. But this <laughs> screams, it's the chefs. Tony, you're right. Exactly right. This is from Kansas City. Uh, it sounds like a good restaurant, Tony. I would love to eat some um, squidding spaghetti with sea urchin and chickpea fries. That yes. sounds great to me. Yep. Um, Tony, I, I would never do such a thing. Kansas City is uh, one of the most cosmopolitan Midwestern cities there are, of course. Um, now, if you go 30 miles in any direction, you are plum-fucked. You're going to get stabbed <laughs> with a heart. you get shot with a, a harpoon or, or hit with a samurai sword or something. But otherwise, if you're in case, you have a great time. And next one I got for you, Tony. This one is called Crockstrom Scandinavian Food. Uh now, you know I had to go Scandinavian on your ass. Um, this is uh, – now, the the history of the Krokstrom goes back to the mid-1800s when Anders Gustav Krokstrom arrived in the USA. Uh, now, with the fourth generation continuing the family tradition of cooking comfort-style me meals from the homeland. Menus filled with delicious Swedish-style heritage foods and drinks that keeps locals satisfied and visitors alike. They have a fantastic bar setting that includes Scandinavian spirits and beers. Ooh, schnapps. I love that. Um, and I think that's good. I don't need to read the rest of this. No. So I'm going to say that this is in San Francisco. It's a niner. Niner. You think this is a niner? Tony, this is also from Kansas City, oh. the Crockstrom, 3601 Broadway Boulevard, Kansas City. Uh, Anders Gustav arrived in Kansas City, unfortunately for you. Um, but hey, I'm into this. Yep. I would eat this too. Uh, I think honestly, my, the truth about triple D that Brian and I have said many times, and I'm sure you agree. always looks good. I'm into all of it pretty much every time. There's only been a few of them where I'm like, what is this bullshit? But I can also tell that guy is looking at it and being like, what is this bullshit? So I think <laughs> yep. we, I honestly think he and I are on the same page pretty much. <laughs> all right. Next one I got for you. Uh, this one's called Nopalito. Uh, it is from the episode called From the Heart from season 17. 
With just about a year of service, this amazing diner has really transformed the neighborhood and has visitors coming in daily from around the world. What makes this place truly unique? It's one of just a handful of organically sustainable kitchens. Consider the Totopos con Chile, Torta Pambazo, and finally the amazing Quesadilla Roja con Chicharron. I'm going to go with San Francisco with this one. Even though it's got all the hallmarks of San Francisco and you're trying to trick me, I think this is a niner. Tony, you're right. This one's from San Francisco. Uh, Season 17, boy. That feels like a long time ago, but could merely have been months ago based on how Food Network does it. One really doesn't even know. Um, All right, next one I got for you. This one is called The Show Dogs. This one's called Show Dogs. Uh, This is from Neighborhood Knockout, Season 18. This is unlike any hot dog joint that you've ever been to. Trust us. What really stands out, first and foremost, in our minds is that every single item on the menu is prepared fresh, in-house, including the mustard. This makes everything taste so fresh and truly amazing. Give the fried chicken sandwich, which is famous for a reason, folks. Give the fried chicken sandwich to the... Okay, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Fine. And dip their lamb sausage in fig chutney or mustard sauces. Sure, I will. So I... Show dogs. I think show dogs is... um... I think it's the chefs. That's where I'm going to go. Not quite, Tony. That one's oh. from Kansas City. Or, sorry, from San Francisco. Oh, you got me excited. Sorry, I lied. Yeah. <laughs> I lied to you. My bad. Uh, yeah, that one's from San Francisco. Uh, I, hey, listen, I've been to a hot dog, a gourmet hot dog. I get down with that guy. Yep. All right. Next one. This one is called... Ooh, let's do this one. Yes. The Grub Steak Diner. Oh, boy, this one's from a mountain ago. This is from season two. Um, (laughs) Episode called One of a Kind. One of the most unique diners that you'll ever come across in California. Not simply for the (laughs) awesome atmosphere and dining experience, but these are so bad, these write-ups. I'm just going to tell you some food they serve. They say have... They have yummy items. <laughs> they have yummy pork chops. And you get to this vintage train car, find a seat inside, and get ready for a truly memorable experience. Um, they have American and Portuguese dishes, and they do late-night food at a diner, shockingly. And because you said it was in California, I'm going to go with the 49ers for this one. Oh, it was in California. Oh, did I say that? Oh, shit. <laughs> nah, fuck. All right, time to get a freebie. <laughs> God damn it. At least I was observant. Come on. I could have yeah. easily yeah, you missed should, that. You should have that flow right past you. I was just not paying attention. I went into outer space. All right. All right. Just focus, Griff. Focus. Okay. All right. Next one. Uh, all right. This one's called Blue Koi. Like a bird or like a bird, like a fish. This place is run by two sisters, Mindy and Jane Chang. Uh, with as much personality as their delicious meals have, it's a treat to see them in action in the kitchen. Uh, interestingly enough, they share the same birthday, uh, but at all different years. I'm like, okay, well, I've heard of this. These are called twins. <laughs> um, they have Chinese meals with a twist. 
uh, you try their two top sellers, the chili pepper wontons pan fried to perfection or the firebird chicken noodles. Uh, it's smoky Asian barbecue with comfort. I think this is uh, the the chefs. I, because there's a lot of Chinese and Asian food within San Francisco, so I don't think it would stand out. Not to say it wouldn't be highlighted in on Triple D, but just the way they're talking about it, I'm going to go with the chefs. Tony, you're right, and I've seen this one many times, and I thought it looked incredible. No, it looked excellent. I'm a sucker for, like, a well-prepared version of slightly American Chinese food. <laughs> uh, I think it tastes great. You make me some pot stickers. You make a kick-ass, like, fried wonton type. I, I'm, I'll eat that all day. It's some killer bar food, right? Yep. Um, uh, but this looked like it was legit good, too. Like, you, you combine that with being fresh and not being just loaded with that, like, cornstarch and shit. That's good. Um. All right, I'm, I've always been into that place. Looks good. Uh, it's probably closed, and the people have died now. But whatever. Next up, this is called Succotash. Succotash Restaurant from episode Pork Pasta and Barbecue, season eighteen. Uh, this place has five years under its belt. It's ahead of its great. This great location is years ahead of its rivals. Why? Why did you say it that way? <laughs> uh, it's to, it's a it's a. Con- it's a completely different vibes here as you'll experience a funky and eclectic atmosphere with all the comfort you'll need. They are famous locally for their slow roasted pork hash, but we suggest you nibble on the peachy Swedes with homemade ricotta filling. This is Succotash restaurant. Tony, what do you think? I'm going to go Niner. Tony, you're wrong. That's a Kansas city special right there. Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, Kelsey and T Swift, and they're leaving Brittany Mahomes out the door. They're like, oh shit, no, oh the door closed behind you. Sorry, honey. Um, they're coming in here and they're they're coming in here and they're eating peachy Swedes with homemade ricotta filling. I don't know what that means. I don't know what a peachy Swede is. I don't know what the fuck a peachy Swede is. Do you know what it is? Uh, isn't Swede like a, a root vegetable? But I don't know what peachy Swede is. I don't know. Okay, here's peachy Swedes with ricotta filling. This is on the Food Network. It's courtesy of the fucking Succotash Cafe. Um, this is like a dumpling, I think. Oh, it's a Swedish pancake. Uh, okay, it's like a small little pancake. Okay, fine. Sure. All right. I just have a lot of Swedish people in Kansas City. All right. Next up, this is called Tony El Nuevo Frutalandia uh, from the episode International Appeal, season 24. Uh, This is the place to check out if you have Latin roots or cravings in the area. Wink! Uh, Specifically mastering the traditional Cuban and Puerto Rican cuisine, these guys have figured it out and are serving it out daily. Uh... So they have Puerto Rican food, tostones, mofongo, lechon, uh, and uh, vaca frita. Those are all Puerto Rican dishes, Tony. Yep, I'm familiar with a couple of those, not through first-hand knowledge but through shows. Um, I'm not clear on what coast this is on. Well, not what coast, what um, 
football sure. city this is in. The All coast right. of the great Missouri River, Tony. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go back to the, the Niners. I don't know why, because it could literally be anywhere. Literally a guess. You are totally guessing. There's really, I really gave you nothing yeah, to possible <laughs> to base other than maybe thinking about where a Puerto Rican person might live, which yeah. could be, um, since they have a passport, could be almost anywhere in the country. Yeah. <laughs> um, and don't even need the passport because they're a citizen of the country. So you I can was just, just walk about right to say the they are. Door, brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you watch Trump so try, try and stop those Puerto Ricans from coming into his United States of America. Goddamn right. Uh, yeah, Tony, you're right. It's San Francisco. You got that right. Tony, actually you have five of these right. You got two left before we uh, end this terminal god-awful thing uh, forever. Uh, it has been funny to read this guy's shit. I don't know. I don't know if anyone else is getting anything off it. Uh, here's, here's one for you. This one's called Pika Pika. Uh, and no, they're not talking about that disease where you want to like eat like drywall. Isn't that called Pika. I don't know. I'm not well studied in my uh, drywall eating diseases I want to look or conditions. It is. It's a health condition, mental health condition, where people compulsively swallow non-food items. So people are like, so some people in the in the least harmful form, they want to eat ice. Uh, at its worst, they're like eating diapers and shit, um, or like cute gnawing on the drywall or, or whatever. Um, Anyways, this place is named after that, apparently. Pika Pika, Maze Kitchen. That's Fresh was season 17. If you're a local uh, and you're looking for something out of the norm, this authentic Venezuelan-style diner is exactly what you need. Uh, they are doing arepas. They're doing cachapas vegetariana. Uh, cachapas probably in general. Um, arepas are amazing. If you, I don't know if you've ever had a Venezuelan arepa tank. As good as fuck. It's like a little corn pancake sandwich thing. Um, recommend. But, Tony, what, what city do you think this is in based on all of that information I just gave you? A, depth, a wealth of geographic hints. Yep. With all that information, it just points to one place and one place only. And that is, this is the place where T-Swift and um, her boyfriend... Um, are going to um, get engaged at. I think this is in Kansas City. Over the Golden Gate Bridge. In, no, okay. Uh, no, this is... Uh, okay, so you think this place is in Kansas City. Yep. You're wrong because it's in San Francisco. Uh, and the last one, Tony. <laughs> yep. This place is called Pop Pie. It's on the classic episode, Tony, with a very signature title, Soup, salad, and seafood <laughs> from season 18. Why? How does every episode I found from season 17 or season 18? I don't understand. He was in Kansas City for eight weeks or something. Um, okay. Uh, or San Francisco, maybe. I don't know. Uh, pot pie, to, to, ever, to even imagine what pot pie, that when pot pie first opened a decade ago and it didn't serve and pies. <laughs> Uh, we make fun of chat GPT, but poor copywriters back in the day, they were just producing word salads. 
The two famous pot pies that you need to look for are the classic chicken or braised beef item options. Okay, so they have chicken pot. Okay, one pot pie to look out for is chicken, Tony, just so you know. Wow. Um, Just saying. The aroma is amazing and with the perfect crust. So uh, if you're in wherever this is, check out pot pie. And, Tony, where would a restaurant that serves pot pie happen to be in the U.S.? I reckon the guy would have filmed enough for two series, like season 17 and 18, and I reckon he just would have spent all his time in, in one city across two, two states. We're going to go with the chefs. Yeah, Tony, you're right. Yeah, he just he just bounced right in between. He was hanging out with his buddy uh, Stretch from Grinders, which is a, a deep-cut triple D joke that only Brian would get, and he will never listen to the show. Just tell him um, that you made the joke. Text him that you made the maybe joke. Maybe four people on the planet will understand who Stretch from Grinders is on Triple D <laughs> from 100 years ago, but I, I don't know who those people are. But Tony, you got somehow uh, based – well, you got one because of my uh, fuck-up, and you got five more of them right. I guess that's a fair expectation because uh, it was just a fucking coin toss. Yeah. Um, Nice work, Tony. You don't have to donate any more than one and a half million dollars to the uh, the the charity of Boeing's choice uh, because they are an awesome company. They are, and even they're they're saving the planet one screw at a time. They're not putting them in their doors anymore. It's mm-hmm. great. So, Tony, I think you can tell people where they can find us, huh? Well, I will in a moment. But uh, I just um, put in um, stretch from grinders and the first <laughs> autocomplete result or the second autocomplete result, and you might get this, is stretch from grinders dead in Kansas City? It came up for me that way too, yeah. Um, but he's uh, is he? I don't think he is. <laughs> I don't know. But it, I just thought it was funny that that was the first he's result on, that came up. He's on link. He's on LinkedIn. I do remember that he is an artist of some kind. He's a sculptor also. (laughs) Now, I went to Grinders, Tony, and I actually kind of liked it. Um, If I'm not mistaken, there was a time where they had, I don't know if they still have this, but they had had a chicken tikka pizza of some kind that I thought was really, really delicious. Uh, Yep. But that was, that might have been, 15 years ago. So who knows what they have now. So there you go. That's stretch from grinders. There you Tony, go. Now you can tell people where they can find us. They can find us on untapped Griff AD. That's the man drinking those beers. He's always going to check in a lager. I'm St. Moz um, on untapped as well. You can send a donation to the Tony trip fund at Ko-Fi. That is ko fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Or the easiest way to do it is to jump on our website, which is beerenginepod.com, uh, is it? Beerenginshow, beerenginshow.com. Yep. Uh, jump on that website and then you can just click through the link. Um, so if you want to send us an email, we are beerenginshow at gmail.com. And on Instagram, we are beerenginepod. Uh, yes. Well done, Tony. And if you want to join our Discord, just go to that website, www.beerenginshow.com. There is a little video game slash submarine controller at the bottom. 
it's the Discord icon. You click that link, you will be automatically, automagically invited to our Discord where you can chit-chat and post your beer pictures. And, uh, you know, low pressure. Not like the TAI Discord, which is a... You, you go in there, you start... You, your teeth start clenching. You are holding your breath, fearful of the potential next thing that you might lay eyes on. Will it be a crime? You never know. You, you do never know. Uh, right. And, of course, yes, please do donate to the Tony Trip Fund. And like I said, any gifts I get for the uh, for the next, uh, I, I think I said through this year, you guys send me beers, you send me little hats, you send me a little shit. I will, of course, um, make sure Tony gets his share of that and uh, yeah, contribute. Put, the put value it in the trip fund. So we're 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 adding towards the um, the to Seth Weathers goal of, of buying some thirteen. Oh, that's beer. right. Yep. And if we if we get to uh, what did I say, two hundred fifty bucks, we will. Uh, I will buy the Seth Dollar Seth Do- Seth Dollars <laughs> Seth Dollar. I wonder if Seth, I'll buy Dollar Seth is Dollars a weather thirteen weather beer. Uh, I'll drink it, and I'll drink it on the air, and it'll be really delicious, I'm sure. All right, gang, we'll be back next week with some more of this. Uh, until next time, farewell. There is a rep, uh, uh, not a rapper, a wrestler named Seth Rollins, but not a mm. rapper named Seth Dollar. It's true. <laughs>